My Wax Museum is a proud member of the Create Vine. Hey guys, before we get into today's show, I want to invite you as a New Year's Christmas gift to me. I would like to have a review for the show from you. If you're listening and enjoy the show, please drop us a review. You can do that by going to ratethispodcast.com slash wax. Again, that is ratethispodcast.com slash wax. Now, on to the show. Hello and welcome to another episode of My Wax Museum. I'm your host, Alex Williams, and today I'm sitting down with my friend and fellow podcaster, Sam Kamani. Now, Sam is an awesome guy. I loved having the conversations with him on Broken Bulbs, so I invited him over onto My Wax Museum. He's from India, but lives in New Zealand now. And so we talk about that contrast and how he experienced it and how he made the changes and the things he loves from his culture at home to the culture in his new home. It's a really fantastic conversation and I'm excited to share it with you. And of course, remember, after today's show, to make five minutes today to listen intently to the people around you. Sam Kamani, welcome to My Wax Museum. Thank you, Alex. Thank you for having me here. It's it's a pleasure. So I always start with how we know each other. Um, would you mind filling in the audience briefly on how we got in touch? Yes. So <clears throat> Alex reached out to me for his other podcast, and um, which is about broken bulbs and failures. So I had a very interesting conversation with him about that podcast. And he asked me some very insightful questions on my failures and what I did, why I think I failed there and what's next and all those sort of things. So that's how we got in touch. We got talking and then Alex introduced me to my Vex Museum and said, great let's connect over this podcast let's have a conversation and fill the audience in yeah that's that's exactly right and actually i think um i think the first episode of broken bulbs will actually be out two days after this episode that we're doing now um so if anybody wants to hear that you can check that out i'll throw a link in the description or in the show notes but um yeah after chatting with you on broken bulbs I was like, well, I'd love to chat with Sam some more. Uh, so I, I figured conveniently I have another podcast that I can have him on. And uh, it's, this, is, this is the way that I make friends is I convince people to hang out with me and, and be interviewed. So <laughs> with that, let's, let's jump into to you and, and your life. Why don't you fill me in? Uh, where are you from originally? I originally grew up in India. I was there till I was 21. And then 19 years ago, I came to New Zealand um, as an international student. And and then I did work like short, um, like for short term in other places around the world as well um, for very, very short times. Um, but most of my last 19 years I have spent in New Zealand. Wow, so you you spent just about half your life in New Zealand and half of it in India. Um, that that is really interesting to me, especially since India is a huge country with a ton of people, and and New Zealand has significantly fewer people and is much smaller than India. So what what growing up 
uh, and and later on, I, I'd like to contrast this with your experience in New Zealand. But growing up in India, what was your experience like? Like what? I I mean, I've never been to India, so so maybe explain a little bit about what it was like as a kid there, what it was like going to school there, and just kind of for you, um, you know, living your formative years there. Um. The education system in India is very, very different. It is all about just one thing, and that is rote learning and standardized testing. So you basically memorize the whole book, and then you write it verbatim, and and then everyone gets marks on that. There is no room for creativity and no room for independent thinking. Maybe now it has changed. I don't know because I don't go to school there as a kid anymore. Um, and and as the whole world is changing, um, <clears throat> so that wasn't that pleasurable. But I learned a lot of other skills on the social side of things. India is super super social because it is it is still not as westernized. So the society is very different. Um, it is all about people and making connections and making friends and it's like our house growing up was never locked it was the doors were always open every neighbor knew everyone people would just pop in and out of our house if they cook something they'll bring it over um, once in a while if we cook something we'll bring it over and then um, it's like when I got married my wife she's Kiwi and then we go to India like every once or um, every once a year or maybe once every two years and that was the first like cultural shock she had. It's like, what's the neighbor doing in our house suddenly? <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, they just came to, they made something. So they just came to leave some food for us. <laughs> it's like, um, th- there is no boundaries. Everyone knows what is happening in someone else's house in the street um, because the houses are also much, much closer. There, um, There isn't a huge front yard and a backyard and, and, all that whereas in New Zealand there is a lot more space and houses are quite big with a lot bit of land around it like a quarter acre land around it and probably where how you have in Midwest or Canada and, and places like that of course not in not in Toronto or Vancouver but most other um, most other smaller cities and towns so that's how New Zealand is and then you have your own sort of area and you have your own privacy and which is which is very big in in western countries which is which is good there's nothing wrong with it it's just a different way of life everything has good and bad so pretty much you become very very social that's why when in india when we have a wedding you invite 2000 people because that's the number of people you keep your connection with. I am still connected with at least half of my classmates from when I was six or seven years old. I'm still friends with all of them on Facebook and you you don't leave connections. I am still in contact with my kindergarten teacher from India, um, even after, you know, 35 years or, or more. So it's like you never lose connections. Once you meet someone, you make friends and then you just collect them to your (laughs) social connections. And that's why when you have a big event, you end up inviting so many because you have main, you're maintaining so many, so many connections. Of course it's changing as India is getting more Westernized and stuff. So I think that would be the social thing would be the biggest difference 
culturally um whereas in like in a western country you have a wedding you have 50 or 100 people or maybe 150 200 you know at max maximum you wouldn't do that and, and in india like a wedding could go on for 5 6 days or a week <laughs> so many different ceremonies and different parties and different things and so it is very very different it is super social and you know being a kid there i remember it's like weekends and all that is a lot of it is just going to other relatives houses and meeting them and just just doing maintaining social relationship and it's a very especially the part of india that i was in it's very relationship based um it's all about who you know not what you know so yeah i mean i became an extrovert just because of living in that society probably when i go to india i am seen as an introvert because i am a lot i have a lot more western influence now and i like my space as well um so yeah 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 so that would be that would be the the biggest sort of difference i would say the education system and 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 the social life and the culturally all that so yeah that is amazing uh my stepsister actually just married an indian gentleman and we were all very excited to have the big indian wedding they had all these all these plans like a week of <laughs> of ceremonies and events and stuff yes. and uh it's so expensive yeah, though <laughs> well, then covid happened so they wound up having a very low key yeah. low key wedding but um nonetheless it would have been awesome we were all very excited um so you grew up and you were kind of like brought up in this very social social culture was was there a lot of family around like was that a big part of the social life or was it largely just like whoever was on the street um on your block yeah just the the neighbors and then also relatives so you know here um you have a like first cousin second cousins third cousins you you have um you you go to their place and they come to your place all the time kind of a thing so there is a lot more um distant relatives that you mingle with and you connect with um whereas on my wife's side I, i don't know if she knows her third cousins or second cousins but in india it's um yeah it's it's very different interesting so i'm i'm curious then as you've as you've moved into adulthood and moved away lived in another country studied in another country uh worked in multiple other countries and had these experiences um do you feel like do you feel like that uh tight relationship with family is something that you that you carry on or do you feel like you're a little bit more focused on just you your wife and your kids kind of thing probably more focused on my immediate family and also most a lot of my first cousins are not in india anymore they are all overseas so they are in canada and us and uk and australia and um in dubai and all around the world so everyone has now got their own life their own family and yeah and also you have to like india is changing super super fast as it is developing and as people get more money it is just natural human behavior to rely on money and and less on other humans so so that is changing in india and i know some of my friends who live in bigger cities um they live in an apartment building and they do not know who 
they stayed there two years. They don't know who's um, living opposite them. Um, so yeah, so it, it is changing there as well, the culture. I'm curious if you see that shift as a good thing or or a bad thing, like based on your childhood experience and now based on your adult experience, um, having left India, do you, do you see that shift away kind of to that more siloed living? Is that a good thing or a bad thing? It is, you know, it's very easy to say it's a bad thing, but um, it is neither good nor bad. It is just how culture moves and culture changes. Just like we don't live anymore in, in Western countries, love like how we lived in 1784 or something like that. So it is just a normal, natural progression. That's just how humans behave um, as society changes. Um, neither good nor bad, you know, because it might seem like the more social living is is good, but then you cannot have your privacy and and everyone wants their privacy and everyone wants their independence. Um, it's like, you know, you, you don't want to, like when you live, and people used to live in joint families a lot more. So I don't know if you know the concept of joint family. So it's like you and your wife and your kids, your brother's wife and, and their kids and, and your parents and sometimes the wife's parents and like, you know, 15 people living in a big house or 14 people living in a big house. When you live with so many people, you have to make compromises and those are not fun. And sometimes you cannot pursue your dreams, follow your dreams. Maybe you wanted to record this podcast, but someone else needed the computer or someone else was doing their band practice in the same room. And so you would have to sacrifice that. So everyone wants their space and privacy if they because everyone has now their own dreams and ambitions and goals. In a, that sort of a situation, a lot of people have to sacrifice a lot of things for the common, um, what do you call, good of the family. And, you know, even when you have a roommate, you can choose your roommate. Um, in, in that sort of situation, you cannot choose. If someone has a mental health issue in the family, <laughs> too bad. You just have to to take it for the next 40 years <laughs> so so yeah every everything has its own good and bad um in life <laughs> yeah yeah I, I mean that's definitely true and it is it is interesting because i guess it just comes down to what you're trying to measure right what yes. your what your ultimate goal is and and some lifestyles may be seen as better by some people and worse yeah. by others and yeah, yeah, I think I, I think. But that, as soon that's... as given an opportunity, as soon as people get well off enough, as soon as they can buy their own houses, which is in fact getting a lot harder in Western countries now, <laughs> um, for for young people, that's why they have to stick around at home for longer. <laughs> but um, people do move out and and have their own sort of what do you call, um, small or micro sort of family or a home <laughs> yeah yeah they do end up finding their own space once once they can afford it and and as india is getting wealthier and so so it's just natural progression and that's just what's happening and and probably even back in the days um even in in north america or us you'd have like massive family and grandparents and everyone living under one roof in a big house in a farm or somewhere and now it, it's 
and then it became just a smaller family and then just <laughs> just people living by themselves so it is just natural progression i would say nothing new hey guys future alex here and i'm sure you know exactly what i'm about to invite you to do i'm going to invite you to leave us a review you can do that at ratethispodcast.com/wax again that is ratethispodcast.com/wax thanks for listening and now I'll let you get back to the show. Kind of looking at your progression, your story, um, you mentioned to me that you left uh, India when you were 21 uh, to become an international student in New Zealand. What what prompted that decision? Was that something you had wanted to do for a while or was it just something that happened to work out? Oh, I, I wanted to. It is not easy to travel on a... or or go anywhere if you are on a developing country's passport. Um, if you are on a developed country's passport, like any of the OECD countries, then those countries have an agreement between them. So you can just get visa on arrival in most places for short term. And even for long term, it is much, much easier. But say if you are from India or China or, or Brazil or anywhere, any any developing country, then you have to jump through lots and lots of hoops to even go. You have to show a massive bank balance that you have lots of money um, and and you have to like apply for visa. And a lot of my friends, they get rejected all the time. Um, all, uh, back then, they were getting rejected all the time to go to different countries overseas to study. So it has got to be a conscious decision that you want to do. And you have to be ready to jump through lots and lots of hoops. Um, if you look at the the queue outside U.S. Embassy for visa in India, it's like you had to stand in the queue for eight hours or 12 hours or something like that. And even then, they have only so much quota every day and only so many people will be approved. And then you had to apply again in six months time and years time and just keep doing that till, till you get in or you don't. So it, it is it is not that easy for if you are from a developing country to just back up and go and study somewhere um so yeah it was a conscious conscious decision and and then so yeah i had to i had to apply to different places and pass all sorts of exams that and prove that i can speak english and all sorts of things that you have to do if you're from a developing country <laughs> so i did all that and then i got like an admission and pretty much most New Zealand only has seven, eight universities and I got in like three or four that I applied everywhere I did get in because um, I did have good grades and all, all that stuff. So, yeah, I mean, especially in English and all that. So, yeah. 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 I imagine that would that would help. And so when you when you got to New Zealand, um, what what was it like settling in and what were you studying? Very easy. Very, very easy um, because, you know, uh, it is always easy to go from disorder to order. It is always much harder to go from order to disorder. <laughs> it is, um, you know, hundreds of thousands of Indians who are here have immigrated in the in the last like last few decades. And and it is much easier to settle here because there is law and order there is less disorder <laughs> but 
um, there are systems and there are institutions and and all those sort of things. It is very very easy to to live or to even start a business. It takes a couple of hours and all that sort of thing. Whereas um, India is a bit like U.S. Different states have different rules and regulations and laws and lots of bureaucracy and and lots of corruption and all sorts of things. So it's not that easy or simple to start a start a business in India, or it didn't used to be. I don't know of the situation right now. Um, just like in U.S., it does take a lot more to do all the paperwork. There are lots of hoops to jump and all those sort of things. I mean, just being even an employer in U.S. You have to provide healthcare for your employees, and 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 there's different. The tax structure is super complex in US because you not only have federal, but you also have the state, and both of them have different rules and regulations for everything. <laughs> so it, it's very very complex. But that's with any big country. Whereas um, in New Zealand, it's just like size of you know size of Colorado, population of Colorado, so just one state. So you don't have multiple rules you don't have to worry about health insurance as an employer you don't have to worry about lots of things it's very simple um so yeah it, life in new zealand is much easier and much simpler um compared to india however there are differences i mean just i'm going back into because i'm right now i'm running a business and all that um the amount of opportunity in new zealand is severely limited <laughs> compared to the amount of opportunity I can generate in India or US or China or any of the bigger countries. Because as a business owner or, or as a startup founder, um, you, you just need two things. One is capital and the second one is market. So capital is so you can build your product, hire people, all that initially. And then the market is because you need customers to sell to and both these things don't exist in new zealand so it is easy to start a business as in register a business and do the paperwork but then what you're gonna do then you need the the market of india and capital from us to to do things so so yeah so it's very simple it's like every every place just like you know culture has its pros and and cons <laughs> so yeah i i think it's really cool that you've had the opportunity to kind of learn from all these different places and and see how they work and 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 stuff um what what was it that you studied in new zealand at school so i studied marketing okay and then and then you went on pretty quick to to start businesses is that right no i applied for hundreds of jobs which i never got <laughs> that's so, right that's so yeah and then you just have to make one and also you know i mean university and all that is great but it's never gonna be the same as learning in in real life which is completely different once again universities are big organized organisms that are super slow to react it's like which university in the world is providing uh, a degree in how to manage influencers for TikTok. Which one is doing that right now? No one, but that's the skill that people need if they want to be successful in six months time. And you know, that's why universities lag so, so far behind. They just cannot move with the pace of the current market. If you really want to learn, you learn by doing and you just go out and do it. Um, it's like you are really good at podcasting. Did you go to a university for a podcasting degree? Not a chance. 
Yes. So universities, um, that, you know, some things, okay, you need to go to university, like it's law, it's, it's medicine, you know, want to be a surgeon, all those things. Yes, go to university. But so many other things, you do not need to go to university because what they're going to teach you is going to be very useful in 1925. But you are not in 1925 anymore. <laughs> um, things have changed. And they, they just they have so many structures and they have so much bureaucracy that they can't just introduce a course. They can't just open a new campus in 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 Chongfeng or somewhere in, you know, where the population is, where there are young people who want to study. Um, so it is they are very, very um, slow to to react and and also that it is very theoretical you, you want hands-on experience go and do it go and do it for someone yeah it's same thing for me it's like i have a podcast called want money got money um people listening can just search it anywhere and what it is is i interview founders who have raised funding and I interview investors who invest in those sort of founders and startups. So I get to talk with entrepreneurs and, and investors and the knowledge that they are sharing with me is immeasurable. So even if no one um, listens, I don't care because I'm getting to learn so much from, from just by running that podcast and interviewing these investors. And those investors are active. Those founders are active in the market. They have raised probably funding in the last six months. They have probably invested in the last six months and they are sharing me their fresh knowledge. By the time their knowledge gets mainstream and gets filtered into books and gets into a course in university on funding and VC and all that, the whole ecosystem would have changed. It would be five or 10 years before all that knowledge gets into universities to be passed down to students or maybe even 25 years it, it none of that would be any more relevant in future so if you want to learn go out and do things don't spend time in university except except there are a few exceptions like as i said like <laughs> medicine and and all, all those sort of things yeah it is it is interesting i've had i've had multiple people ask me if I'm studying, you know, if I'm studying new media, right, like podcasting kind of thing, or if I'm studying business, because I, I have a business, right. And uh, I've had multiple people ask me that. And I, I say, well, no, like, I'm already doing that. I, <laughs> I don't need to get a degree in order to do that. Yeah. And, and so I, I really like like what you said before we kind of start getting into the the end of the interview here um i do have one quick question what is what is something that you feel you have learned uh specifically by by doing it like something some trade or practice that you've picked up by putting in that time to to just try it and do it the ability to form human connection that is so so important and i am learning still learning that every single day um and even you are doing that by connecting with people whether it is through a podcast or whether it's through talking with people but at the end of the day behind every system there is still a human making the decision especially important decisions and so that is super vital so if you want uh, a role in a company or a startup or anywhere 
that is really worthwhile as in like chief operating officer or or something um like a cx level that decision would not be made by a computer that decision is still going to be made by people um so build human connections any decision that is worth making or that is important is still made by people so yeah so that is something something yeah important to 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 learn and not many universities are teaching how to make human connection it's like you probably have to go in a very roundabout way by learning psychology and human behavior and still it would be very theoretical it will not be practical skills you would not be put into um in most cases practical assignments that go and make connection with 12 ceos this month who are in charge of 5 billion dollar companies you would not have an assignment like that in in university but if you are doing it by yourself and if you have a say like an agency or a marketing agency like the guy i talked with in in like a french entrepreneur based in china who's managed to build that agency from scratch and like a french guy building an agency in china that's first of all that's very interesting and and so you know he, he no university taught him but he spent some time in the flavelas in brazil like the slums in brazil and he spent some time in 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 bangkok with as a student and like all sorts of experiences helped him helped him learn how to form that human connection and now he can be on a call one day with the with the ceo of hyundai next day with samsung and and gucci and prada and all that like you know just because he has developed that innate ability to form human connection with whoever is the decision maker and so yeah so it's just like so many things universities are are not still teaching or schools are not still teaching that are really really valuable and that are the shortcuts to success <laughs> yeah yeah i like that um yeah so moving moving into the end i always like to hear what are your plans for the future what is it that you'd like to accomplish what do you want to see happen in your life that would that would give you that feeling of satisfaction as it is i'm quite satisfied with how my life is going so i'm i'm very happy but if i want to aim for and if i'm then i i do if i do dream then i dream big and i am working on a platform to gamify trading and finance and and all that so um so yeah i'd like i'd like to see that get somewhere so that is still in very early stages um and just i want to connect and work with really interesting people who are um who know things that i still don't know and my podcast is giving me that platform to do that so yeah i'll just keep doing these two things as my long term goal and in the short term i am very happy with how my current business is going and it keeps growing and all that so yeah it's all good and then looking looking back on your life when when you're at the finish line when it's all said and done and and you're 
wrapping things up, what what are the things or maybe what's the one thing that you would look back on and and, and say that is what you are most satisfied by uh, in your in your life? Very easy. Very, very easy question. Spending time with my kids. I like that. Um, well, well, Sam, this has been a fantastic conversation. I've loved hearing more about your life, your experience from growing up in India and having that super social culture and then moving to New Zealand and kind of experiencing all these different things along the way. Um, and you definitely gave some great insights I, that I think people can take away for for how they can live a fulfilling life and learn new things without the need for uh, traditional education in a lot of cases. Um, so I, I just want to ask one last question. Uh, where can people find you and, and how can they get involved? So, yes, so they can find more of these sort of things on my podcast want money got money with sam kamani so they can look there or they can find me on linkedin i think linkedin is probably where i'm most active on so just search my name sam s-a-m kamani k-a-m-a-n-i or samkamani.com so they can even get all my links from there from my website so yep that's that's about it wonderful well sam thank you for joining me on my wax museum thank you alex for inviting it's always fun and a pleasure talking with you and thank you for listening not just to this show which we certainly do appreciate but more to the people around you the people in your life that you just happen to know take some time just five minutes to listen intently to the people around you Mecco, 